0: Live from Vanderbilt Sports & Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel, it's Inside the Jets. Brought to you by EY, building a better working world. And by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Now, here's Eric Allen and Eric Coleman.
1: Welcome to Inside the Jets. We are broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports & Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. We'd also like to thank all the service members who are in attendance tonight. It is salute to service week for the New York Jets. So a a very special week for the Green and White.
2: Yeah, it is a special week. You know, we like to to honor those who serve for our country and and thank you so much for everything them and their families have sacrificed for our freedom. So, Uh, you know, we like to give them a salute.
1: E, a loaded schedule because on Tuesday... Uh, The Jets are going to host Navy military members for a flag football game at MetLife Stadium. That will always be fun. And the Jets are also going to donate $5,000 to Long Island Carers to feed hundreds of veterans as well.
2: That's beautiful. You know, the getting together uh, for that football game at MetLife Stadium is, is going to be exciting. Some of the players are going to be coaching. I think. oh yeah, you got you got to have the players in there. It's probably going to get real uh, competitive and feisty. A lot but of trick it, but plays. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, a lot of trick play, lot, double passes, and everything. So,
1: <laughs> and then on Wednesday, there will be special salute to service jerseys for the Jets to wear at practice. Players are going to autograph them, and Community Relations will put those up for auction so special jerseys throughout the week for the green yeah, that's and white a,
2: that's gonna be cool man I, I love what they're doing I wish we did this back when I was playing you know I'd love to be a part of something like this
1: and then uh, festivities will conclude Sunday of course at MetLife Stadium as the New York Jets host the Buffalo Bills their annual salute to service game but let's get to the moment at hand the Jets now three and six with a 13-6 to defeat to the Miami Dolphins. This is the first time all year this team is three games under 500. What did you think about the game overall?
2: It was, it was a tough one. You know, it was a tough one to watch, you know, because the defense played so well. You know, I thought um, they, they dominated this game. They only gave up six points. Um, offensively, you can never, they could never really get anything going. So, you know, that, that was a, a little bit frustrating. I'm sure it was for the, for the team as well. But, you know, I thought the Jets played good enough to win this game. You know, but when you lose that turnover well, battle. Defensively they did. Yeah, defensively they did. But when you lose a turnover battle, you know, you don't really give yourself a, a chance to win the game. So yeah. you gotta take care of the football defensively. You know, they play great, but they didn't turn the ball over. They gotta get get some turnovers, get the ball to Sam Darnold in some great field position to give him some opportunities to capitalize.
1: Inside the Jets is supported by selective insurance responses, everything. Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here. We're gonna be joined momentarily by Jets defensive lineman Leonard Williams, the big cat. You have been in those post game locker rooms after you put forth a great defensive effort. How frustrated are you at that point knowing that you put together a winning performance? Your side of the ball took care of business. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know, as a defender, it is very frustrating, you know, because you know uh, that you played well enough to win this game. But at the same time, you keep it in perspective because there have been plenty of games where the offense probably bailed you out. So it's it's a team effort. You know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. But when you play that good on defense, you know, you would like to come out with a victory. And, uh, you know, it's got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating for the offense as well. You know, not being able to make the plays that they want to. uh, Knowing that they probably did a great job of scheming the Dolphins. uh, Had a great game plan for the Dolphins. But when it came to playing, the Dolphins out-executed them.
1: What does it say about the standard this defense has that guys talked much like you are? Sunday in the postgame locker room. I was there in South Florida Hard Rock Stadium. The fellows were saying we had to come up with takeaways and mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself. Well, you guys did everything. But yeah, I mean,
2: but that's what you expect out of your, out of your defense. You know, when you have such a dominant group on the on that side of the ball. They want to win the game themselves. You know, they want to give the you know, knowing you have a rookie quarterback who's going to take his lumps, make his mistakes, as a defense, you want to come in and and over exceed all your expectations. Mm -hmm. You not only want to keep them off the board, but you also want to score on defense. You want to, you know, get some turnovers on defense and make some big plays to help win this game.
1: Okay, so what do you think about Jamal Adams after the game? Uh, we We went to his locker, and I actually put this on social media, and I think a lot of people saw this, is that... He said, enough is enough. I'm sick of losing.
2: I, I think he just echoed everyone else's attitude. Yeah. You know, I think this, this is a team full of winners. I, I don't think any of them are used to winning. You know, you, when you go to NFL teams, most of the roster is built up off of winners, guys who won in high school, guys who won in college. And when they get to the NFL, it's tough to win. You know, and when you go on these losing streaks and you lose these tough games, these games that are just heartbreaking. It gets old. It gets old quick, and and hopefully it echoes around the team. They take that perspective to practice. They they work harder in preparation and go out there and execute this week playing against the Buffalo Bills.
1: All right, we're not going to bury the lead here. What's going on with Sam Darnold? Why did he struggle so much against the Dolphins? Four interceptions, including a back-breaking pick six that made it a two-possession game. And at that stage in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins, it didn't feel like a 10-point deficit. It felt like a 24-point deficit.
2: Yeah, you know, those are the things that are going to happen with the young quarterback. You know, he's going to make his mistakes in front of the world. And it was a combination of Sam f- trying to force the ball, trying to make too many plays. It was another, you know, The Dolphins did a great job of mixing up their defenses, and they just made some great plays. So, you know, it, there are a couple of things happened on those interceptions, um, you know, especially on the one with the linebacker, when he, the pick six. That was a, uh, just a great athletic play. Yes, Sam probably tried to force that ball in there, but there aren't too many linebackers that can cover a tight end on a corner route, make that catch, fade but, away. But he was—he was, was
1: waiting for that ball.
2: Yeah, he was. But it was—but it was a great play, and and that's the thing that we say when you get in the locker room, they get paid too. Sometimes the other team is going to make big plays, and, and, the, and the Dolphins did when they needed it.
1: Okay, so what has Darnold done when he's had success, and conversely, what happens when? He starts scuffling.
2: Well, you know, I think you see the ball get out of his hands a lot quicker when, he, when he's having success. He's more confident in what he's doing. Uh, he understands how the defense is attacking them. And, you know, sometimes when they mix things up, Sam gets a little uncomfortable. And that's, and that's typical I know it's for natural. a young quarterback. You know, you're going to lock onto your receiver. You might stare him down too much because at practice he was open. On film, you visualize yourself making this throw. But every once in a while, they'll throw a wrinkle into the defense, and it doesn't turn out the way. You know, that's, that's what we take pride in on defense is disguising coverage. Make it look the same. At the last second, you might, you might rotate. You might play inside leverage. And, and in the past, you played outside leverage. So that makes a world of a difference when you're playing against a young quarterback. And those are things that as a rookie – you see on the field. You, after you make the mistake, you don't get to see those things in the film room or you don't get to watch anyone else make those mistakes.
1: Now, I talked to Chad Pennington about this today. We taped a segment, and you can watch it on Chet's flight plan. that airs 1130 Sunday mornings here in New York locally. You also can check it on NewYorkChets.com. But he said sometimes you have to take the checkdowns when they're available. Sometimes you're going to look down the field at your first and second progression, and you've got to come off – that using your feet Mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's okay to get five or six yards with the dump to your running back
2: yeah sometimes that that check down or that throwing that ball away out of bounds is the best throw you know sometimes that defense will put together a plan where every route is covered you know there's no no one open down the field and throwing the ball away checking it down to a running back is your best option you know I, i think back to that third down, third and 14, when Darnold threw that interception on the dig route. You right. know, they ran the dagger. Um, Anunwa was on the outside. He ran a 15-yard in route, and he was staring the receiver down. And you can tell in that situation, it was third down and, and 14 towards the end of the game. The Jets needed to continue the drive, and Sam thought, you know, I need to get this first down, right. I, and sometimes the play's just not there. You need to check it down and, and live to see another play. So uh, I think he'll learn from that and he'll continue to grow.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Strong comments from Sam Darnold today as he addressed the New York media, as he typically does following a ball game. He it, he said it's just not playing to the best of my abilities, and quite frankly. Just plain stupid. I thought I played stupid football yesterday, and I just got to be better, and I know that. The coaches know that. Everyone knows that.
2: I respect that from your leader. You know, he, he's a rookie, and it's easy to deflect and say, you know, we all could have played better, you know, offensively, or, or we could have all made some plays out there. Instead, Sam decided to take that one on the chin. He pointed the thumb at himself. and and that's very mature of him, especially when you're talking about being in New York because they're going to be very critical in the media. We're going to be very critical of you, and Sam just took it on the chin, didn't say it was anyone else's fault but his own, and he's got to learn from it if this team is going to get better. I I definitely respect that.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely so much to get to in regards to the New York Jets and Sam Darnold, and uh, we'll be back with much more. But you are listening to Inside the Jets, Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here at Vanderbilt Sports Spirit. It's Inside the Windham at Hamilton Park. We'll be right back.
0: Myers lines up from 50 yards away to try to tie the game. The snap, the placement down, the kick is on the way. It's got the distance floating right, and it's no good. 12.37 to go in the fourth quarter, and the Dolphins maintain their lead.
1: Welcome back to Inside the Jets. Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Inside the Jets is supported by m Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Uh, the call there is Bob Wischusen uh just a tough day at the office for the jets uh, scoring two field goals you're not gonna win many games in the nfl if you come home with six points
2: no you're not and and i remember you know back to my jets days when herm edwards used to always say we have to score 24 points you know and if you look at the average of the of the scores if you win 20 if you score 24 points then you'll win probably 12 of your games and and of course every week it's not going to happen but Offensively, you've got to put a couple of touchdowns on the board to give yourself an opportunity.
1: Uh, Leonard Williams will join us in our next segment, and he will be our player guest segment, which is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. All right, let's get back to Darnold. So before the season, he played so well in the spring and the summer that the Jets said, here are the keys. We are going to ride the ups and downs with you. Well... In Miami, you experience the down. Mm-hmm. And I think a gut reaction of a fan, some fans are saying, hey, what are we going to do out here? Should you put Josh McCown in? You have to stick with this guy right now. Do you not? I, I would say so. You know, because, I mean, listen. And I'm saying that's extreme. But I'm saying a lot of people are like, what's going on? And he's regressing. I don't know if he's necessarily regressing. He's going to have points in the season where you're like, Indianapolis completes 80 percent of his passes mm-hmm. or he's throwing touchdowns left and right or the last couple weeks he's really experienced a couple of roadblocks
2: yeah i mean there, there are going to be a lot of ebbs and flows you know be, playing quarterback in, the, in the, at the rookie position and when you're a rookie you know you're, you're gonna go through the, the ups and downs and as the jets they decided to go with sam Darnold at the beginning of the year and like you said they're gonna have to ride those things out and and i don't i think listen last sunday he took a step back. But before that, he had, he had been getting better every week. And I think that he will continue to get better and grow as a quarterback. And, and I think it's the right decision to stay with him. You know, um, Josh McCown is a, is a great player. I, I think that if you start off with Josh, maybe you win a couple of games and, and phase into to Darnold. But that's not the, the way that they went about it. They went with Darnold. I thought it was a great decision as well. He played so well in the preseason. He showed that he has the ability to lead this team. And I think everyone has, has confidence in him. You know, everyone on the offense and the defense.
1: They definitely do. And I'm not saying that noise is loud right now. My point is, uh, you heard whispers from fans just being on social media yesterday. And some people were like, we're not moving the football at all. Do you make a change? And you can't do that with the young quarterback. You decided to go with him and at this point in time. It's not like he's taking a physical beating. He get, they get sacked four times against the Miami Dolphins. But... He is not at that stage of his rookie season where you're panicking. You cannot panic as a franchise, and that's what has gotten teams in trouble. That's what has gotten organizations in trouble in the past.
2: Yeah, I think you have to to have that patience. I mean, when you look at the organizations that have traditionally had success, you know, you know, I hate to bring them up, but like the Steelers or or, or New England or something – there's, there's continuity there. Yep. You know, the coaches have been there for a long time. The quarterback, you know, everyone has been there for years, and they've developed that success. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. You don't just draft a quarterback, plug them in, and get some wins. You know, you're going to have to work at it. It's going to be uh, a work in progress, and that's the way that the Jets are going
1: right now. Uh, the Jets, on the positive side, on the offensive uh, side of the ball, they got Quincy Inuno back in the lineup, Robbie Anderson uh, suited up and Eli Maguire came off injured reserve. I, before we get to Anunwa, who's a stud, mm-hmm. I think a McGuire um, can provide a spark for this team down the stretch. He, he
2: definitely can, and it was great to see him running the football yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's, you know, as he gets in game shape, as he gets prepared, you know, we, we go through this next stretch of the season. He's only going to get better. You know, he was a guy last year that, that you know that he can do everything. He can catch the ball to the backfield. He can, he can protect against the pass. A lot of the things that Bilal Powell does, but he's, he's a lot younger. You know, he, he's, another, he's another dimension. So I, I think it's going to be great with he and Crowell back there. And, you know, Hell yes, yeah. you're going to be missing Bilal Powell. Yes. But Elijah McGuire can pick up a lot of that. Yeah, load.
1: this is a tremendous opportunity for him, no doubt about it. And great value in the draft from Mike McKagan and getting him in the sixth round a year ago. Uh, how would you describe Eli's running style? He's,
2: uh, he's slippery. Yeah. You know, he, he's, a very, he's definitely explosive. I, I like how he runs in between the tackles. You know, he has a low center of gravity. It's rare that you see a linebacker get a full shot on him because he, he twists his hips and he gets uh, lateral. He gets down to, the, you know, he has a great, he has great pad level and he, he has great vision and he's explosive. So, you know, he's a tough guy to tackle in the, in the open field. One of those guys that has a safety if you see him in this one-on-one, you know you're going to be in trouble because he can make you miss when you're in the phone booth.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to see what he does over these final seven games. Why has the offensive line been inconsistent? We see them sometimes just tear people up on the ground, case in point, the Denver Broncos. Then other games, it doesn't. they don't win the battles in the trenches, like against the Chicago Bears. Uh, against Miami, they struggled inside as well. What's with the inconsistency up front? Well, you know, it, a lot
2: of it has to do with there's injuries. You know, Spencer Long has been hurt. Yep. You know, everyone knows it, you know, his snapping finger it w- it was injured and you yeah, saw a we'll get of, to snaps, yeah, in you a couple, second. Call, you saw a couple of errant snaps last week. But just that continuity, you know, the the the, the way the game is going also changes that. If you're playing from behind the defense knows that they can pin their ears back, get after the quarterback. If you start to play with the lead, start to run the football, you get that momentum. You wear down that offensive line, uh, you wear down the defensive line, and start to make those big plays. It's something that that you can't just come out and say, you know what, we're going to dominate this game. It's a work in progress. You wear those defenses out as the game goes.
1: Do you feel as a uh, for a former uh, for a guy like Spencer Long who's trying to play through a finger ailment, where it is? impacting his snaps where you don't know where that ball is going when the Jets are lining up in the shotgun form- formation.
2: Yeah, it's tough because, you know, Spencer knows, you know, he, he's one of the leaders on that offensive line. He's the, the guy that gets everyone lined up. He sets the blocking schemes and, you know, he, he's done a great job of, of it, you know, up to, up to now. You know, I think that that injury is kind of holding him back. But at the same time, when you're hurt, you want to be out there helping your guys. Yeah. You don't want to see your guys out there struggling, out there going through battle. Uh, With you on the sidelines. So I think that he tried to fight it as long as he could. And at the end of the game, you know, it's time to make that switch.
1: Uh, Jets Rewards members, don't forget to enter the code SCOREBOARD in your Jets Rewards portal during the show to earn 100 points. That is SCOREBOARD. A guy who's going to be able to help the Jets put some points on the scoreboard ahead here. It's Quincy Inunua. Mm-hmm. Every time he touches the
2: ball, he makes something happen. He's a beast. He's a beast. And it was great to see him back out there on the field. You know, there, there, he had a couple of Quincy Inunua-type runs, you know, where he caught the, you know, the short passes, carried about five guys down the field, and, and got up with that intensity. And his attitude is just infectious. You know, you can't help but want to play hard and bust your butt when you see a guy like that on the field, especially when he's, you know he's hurting. You know, that ankle injury, yes, he's out there performing well, but you know he's in some pain and he's fighting through it. And that, that's, what, that's the character that this team needs to take
1: How on. much of an asset can he be in this team's screen game? Because a lot of people are focusing at home about Darnold's development. Well, how can you help him out? I think the Jets have shown to be a very good screen team.
2: Yeah, the, the screen is a, is a great way to build the quarterback's confidence. It's a short pass Fairly simple pass. You just have to set everything up, get the blockers out in front, and, and it could be a two-yard pass, but it ends up being an 80-yard run. So I think those are the plays, those short plays. You know, similar to a check down. If you can get a check down, make someone miss, spring, go through for a long run, that really helps the quarterback's confidence and it gets them going. Uh, you know, it, it's tough when, when, you, when you do a lot of check downs and all of a sudden – you got to make some deep passes. No. It's like shooting jump shots. It's easier when you, you, know, you start with the layups and then work your way out and start hitting threes. You don't just come out shooting threes at the, you know, at the end of the game. So I think that those, the screen game is an integral part of this offense, and Quincy being back is going to help out a lot.
1: From a guy who used to play in the back end, what could you tell uh, as far as what the Dolphins were doing to try to give the rookie different looks?
2: Well, you know they, they were they were mixing up coverages at the once the ball was snapped. You know they would give a two shell, and then once the the play started, you would see someone creep underneath and rob. Uh, you know the underneath pass. Well,
1: you got to break this down for everybody home listening. Who's saying right, so, hey, he <laughs> went two shell? I mean, right, so, he's saying rob.
2: All right, So two deep shell. That's when yeah. you're usually playing cover two. Both safeties are probably 15 yards deep. They're lined up inside the numbers, and you know it's a cover two defense. You know that there's there's four there's two deep. You have Nine guys underneath. You know, everyone else is underneath. Seven uh, seven underneath in coverage. Uh, And
1: and defenses are trying to take away that down-the-field pass.
2: Yeah, and, and there's certain plays that beat that cover, too. So maybe Jeremy Bates calls a play to beat that cover, too. But on the snap, they rotate the safety down. Now it's cover one. It makes things different. Now Sam has to think about the changes while he's dropping back, which bring, when the heat's coming on him, so it makes you think twice about, you know, where is this throw? Because before the snap you saw cover two, I know that this guy's going to be open over here in cover two. But now that the ball is snapped, it's cover one, uh-oh. You know, now you have to think. And that's when he holds onto the ball, you get sacks. And that's what you like to do as a defensive guy in the secondary, manipulate those young quarterbacks, Make them see one thing and let them make the decision while they're dropping back.
1: And that is the biggest difference between playing on Saturdays and playing on Sundays. Absolutely. is what those defenses try to do to those offenses uh, each and every week here in the National Football League. Uh, off to a good start here on Inside the Jets. We're going to come right back with defensive lineman Leonard Williams.
0: to go. Darnold in the shotgun on fourth and 15. Takes the snap drops back. Looks over the middle. Steps up. Fires one into traffic and it's intercepted. Picking it off is TJ McDonald and he will simply lay down give himself up at the 50 yard line with 2.15 remaining. Third interception of the day for Sam Darnold.
1: Welcome to Inside the Jets. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. We are also closed here tonight at Vanderbilt's because a number of military families are here with us. So we thank you so much, not only for your service, but for coming out tonight. Well-deserved for the sacrifices... You and your families continue to make each and every day. Uh, We are lucky. Uh, That goes without saying. But our player guest segment is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. So without further ado, let's bring in the big cat, Leonard Williams. (laughs) Leonard, we were talking about it. Uh, E and I were talking about it. And me and you talked about it yesterday in South Florida. Mm. How tough was that for you guys as a defense, knowing that predominantly you did your job for 60 minutes, but you still weren't able to come away
3: with a victory? I mean, it was a big moment for the defense. Uh, we obviously stepped up. We challenged each other all week, and uh, you know we replied, we responded to that challenge. And uh, you know it showed in the game that everybody prepared great during the week, and you know we we came out and executed during the, on Sunday. And uh, at the same time, we, we were obviously disappointed with the loss. But uh, at the same time, we're not the type of team who's going to point fingers and uh, point other fingers on other guys on the on the team and stuff like that. So, you know, even though we did good, like, there were still guys like, man, we left this play out there. Like, we, we could have scored on this play. And, like, you know, we're just like, even though we had a great game on defense, we were still looking at what we could have done better.
1: That's what I just was going to ask you. Because Mondays right. around the National Football League, you guys come in and usually have a walkthrough and go through your mistakes. Mm-hmm. I didn't see too many mistakes on the field.
3: Sunday yeah see that was uh what was huge about our uh the way we played this Sunday is that um you know a lot of times we'll we'll play great but then sometimes a guy will have a mental error here and it just creates a big gap and then sometimes a guy will just uh, misread this and it will create a big play and uh, I think that's what we executed well as a defense is that everybody just knew their assignment we had a, a super simple game plan going into the game and uh you know we executed at a high level and we were able to play super fast
2: now you know I know there's times as a defense when the offense may pick up for you. The defense yesterday picked up for the offense. Yeah, is it hard to keep the guys together when you put when you play, have such a dominant performance off uh, defensively and still come up short?
3: Yeah, it's hard. Uh, you you start to see guys. Um, you know, not all the time. Like like I was saying about our team, uh, we're the type that. you know, even if we lost the game and we played great, we're still going to see, like, plays that we could have made. But at the same time, it's hard to, like, uh, tell guys, like, man, even though we played great, we lost. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys didn't feel like we lost because we – It felt like we dominated the other team across the line from us, and then we still came away when we looked at the scoreboard uh, with the with the W. I mean, with the loss. And uh, you know, it was kind of hard. You got to bring the guys together and be like, you know, we can't let this diminish, uh, you know, our team and diminish our play. And uh, we got to keep coming and uh, you know, grow from this and uh, you know, continue to play this way as a defense. And then uh, knowing that our offense is going to come along with it. You know what I mean?
1: Leo, you went to USC. Do you have any words of advice for your young quarterback, Sam Darnold after he experienced a bump in the road like he did Sunday against mm-hmm. the Dolphins with the four interceptions? Yeah, I mean,
3: as if I'm talking to Sam, I would just say, you know, keep your head strong, uh, keep fighting. You know, that's what we do at SC is fight on. Uh, you know, he knows that. And, uh, you know, he's the type of guy who he loves to get better. Uh, even when he's at the top, he's trying to see what he can grow from and uh, how he can keep growing. And I'm sure he's going to take a lot away from this game and continue to grow as a great player and, uh, you know, just stay at it. Do you, do you
2: feel as a defense, you know, as a leader of the defense, that having a rookie quarterback who hasn't seen it all, that you guys have to over, you know, pretty much overdo what you would normally have to do, uh, go above and beyond, force some turnovers, get put points on the board. Do you feel like that as a defense?
3: Uh, I mean I feel like we're always going to feel that as a defense no matter how many uh game changing players we have on offense we could have the best offense in the in the world and our defense is still going to feel like uh let's put the weight on our back so you know that's what I love about our defense we're going to come out and attack and uh, feel like we're the best thing on the on the field at all times and uh you know, I love playing for this team. And, uh, you know, like you said, sometimes the offense is going to pick up the slack for the defense. Sometimes the defense is going to pick up the slack for the offense. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what happened in this past game. Uh, Defense was uh, trying to pick it up and uh, just keep them rolling. And, uh, you know, sometimes we'll make a huge play on defense that will get the offense going. It'll it'll, uh, create some some hype for them and they'll charge on the field. So, you know, it all works together. That's why it's a team,
1: you know. Do you take pride in your durability and availability? I think that's that yesterday against the Dolphins was your 50, 57th consecutive start.
3: I didn't even know that. But <laughs> uh, I do take pride in that, actually. And, uh, you know, a, a guy that uh, inspired me when I first was a rookie was DeBrickshaw. And, uh, you know, he has some similar stats. Well, actually, a lot bigger stats <laughs> is that, like, he went a few consecutive years without – uh, he missed
1: one game. snap in his entire his career, his, his, and they took him out. Yeah, they took him out right. for, uh, for uh, 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 special teams or trick play. Yeah, I think that play. was. Yeah, it was a trick play.
3: <laughs> yeah, so whenever I heard that, I was like, man, that's <laughs> impressive. And uh, you know, I want to, t- I want to be that type of guy who can uh, be available and ready to go uh, every game. You know, I don't want to miss a game. And uh, you know, even last year, I played through some injury and stuff like that, just because I want to be available for my teammates.
2: What kind of stuff do you do to take care of your body? I mean, do you do yoga? You know, massage therapy. What do you do to keep your body safe?
3: Yeah, I was actually introduced to yoga um, a few years ago, and that's something I've been trying to keep up with as much as possible. just keeps my body limber and uh, flexible and stuff like that. And before the game, I have a whole routine, uh, acupuncture. I mean, not acupuncture, but uh, chiropractic. I mean, sorry... The cracked the back stuff? When chiropractor. 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 <laughs> There's a lot of stuff, man. Sorry. But, yeah, I see the chiropractor, and I, and I get stretched and all that type of stuff. And then on our off days tomorrow, um, you know, that's when I see, like, acupuncturists, and uh, I get a massage, and, you know, I get, like, hot tub, ice tub, and all, the, all that stuff.
1: You um, know, those are so. opposing offensive linemen are not going to be happy that Leonard Williams is doing yoga because that <laughs> elongates your muscles, and you are one of the longest-limbed guys in the National Football League up there.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely, you know, try to use my length as much as possible. Um, you know, having long arms, especially as a D lineman, is very helpful. Um, you know, get separation with the with the big guy. You know, being able to lock my arms out with a huge guy is uh, pretty
1: helpful in my game. All right, so you are a very good football player. And again, each and every week, this Jets team and this defense can count on you. You are one of the core pieces here. Uh, before we get... Back to the Jets, I want to talk about Leonard the person. Before the game Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium, you had an emotional moment with one of your biggest fans. <laughs> what, who was that? And, and, and can you tell us a little bit about your dad and where he's been and what that moment was like for you yesterday?
3: Uh, yeah, that was a really big moment. Um... I haven't seen my dad since I was 14 and that's when I first started playing football actually was when I got to high school at 14. So he got to see me play um, for JV high school football and then after that went to prison and uh, I haven't seen him since then and uh, it's been 10 years now and I'm 24, I'm a full grown man now so it's like funny for him to see me because he's still treating me like a little kid and I'm like, hey I'm a man now dad like you know what I mean. But uh, it was pretty cool, man. He he seemed like he was pretty emotional, and uh, you know he seems like he's in a good place and you know happy to be back out there and uh, watching me play. He had my Pro Bowl jersey on and all that stuff, and I got him some field passes for him to come on the field and get the full experience. And you know it was a pretty big moment.
1: You had a chance to spend some time with him Saturday too, didn't you?
3: Yeah, uh, we got in uh, around like five thirty on Saturday, and we had meetings around eight, so I had some time to go to dinner with. Uh, you know, with my dad and his sister and uh, some of my siblings.
2: Man, that was emotional. You know, I, even when you talk about it now, kind of gets you choked up. That's a, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. But, you know, going through those circumstances of growing up without your father, being in prison, it's a two-part question. How did you stay on the straight and narrow, do the right thing, make the right decisions? And also, I know you do a lot in the community. What do you tell kids going through your situation that you went through?
3: Um, you know, i would start with the first part of the question is how I, how did I stay on track is, uh, you know, just from my mom. She was a strong, strong woman. She uh, she was a nurse and worked, you know, like nine to five, like all all day, every day. And uh, I was the middle out of five children. So like to see her be able to take care of five women on her own, like I mean, five children on her own. I was like, man, like if she can do all this, you know, I can get up in the morning and go to workouts and uh, go to school and stuff like that. So she was a big motivation for me. And then, like, as all players would probably say, a lot of mentors that have been in and out of my life. Um, you know, I had a great high school head coach who, um, you know, I got huge senioritis my senior year and, like, stopped coming to school <laughs> and stuff after the after season was over. And uh, he, like, really just got on me one time and, like, started picking me up every morning and taking me, like, making sure he went out of his way to make sure that I was at school. So it's, like, guys like that that have uh, always been in my life uh, at the right time, at the right moments that have uh, guided me and, uh, and helped me get to where I wanted to be.
1: But so uh, it's it, never by myself, you know. You moved around a bunch. You were in Sacramento, Michigan, yeah. Arizona, all before you were even 10 years old. <clears throat> uh, I know the family eventually, ultimately settled in Daytona Beach, mm-hmm. but you went to homeless shelters at times? Yeah. You had to stay in motels?
3: Yeah.
1: I mean, was that, did you ever say to yourself, Man, what's going on, or you didn't know you just thought, Hey, this is the normal for me right now um I definitely didn't
3: know. I definitely knew that it wasn't normal, but at the same time, I was so young and like naive and stuff that I didn't really have a chance to comprehend what was going on. you know what I mean like uh um I think it definitely helped me grow to like who I am today, like I'm super adaptable just because I've been able to move around so much and, like, meet new friends and meet new people and uh, be in a whole new environment and circumstances and adapt, you know what I mean? So that's why it was easy for me to move from Florida when I was 17 and go all the way to Cali and, like, not be homesick because I'm, like, you know, I'm used to this. And uh, the same when I came from Cali all the way to New York, you know, it was kind of easy adjustment for me just because I've uh, been able to adapt. And I don't know. There's definitely been tough times uh, growing up that uh, I'm proud of. You know where I've gotten today because I've been through a lot, and uh, it's cool to see because a lot of, a majority of the NFL players have uh, come from like you know hard backgrounds. So it's, it's cool to see like everybody's story. You know? do,
1: do you impart your wisdom? Is, do you impart your wisdom on and the young folks who you might see going down a wrong path? Do you tell them who you are more than just hey I'm 92 lining up on Sundays? Yeah, for sure. Um,
3: you know, I trained in uh, San Francisco for a, a whole off season one time with a, you know, like some MMA trainer, and this MMA trainer I knew was like huge into like the youth in that community and stuff like that. He took me and a few other football players and uh, guys he knew to like a, um, like a. A prison, like a a, ju- uh, ju- a juvenile center. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a juvenile and, uh, detention center. Yeah, we were like talking to all the kids about, um, you know, how it's not over for you guys. Like we know you guys are coming like through like tough backgrounds and like stuff like that, hard upbringings. But um, he was like sh- using us as examples that you know there's ways out of it, and uh, you know like your life isn't gonna end here, and you know there's ways to get out of where you started, and uh, that's what's good about America's you know, you can have a dream and you can pursue it. So it's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's awesome that, you, you know, you take your time, take time out of your busy schedule, go back and, and, mm-hmm. and impart your wisdom to the youth. Because, you know, I know just like, you know, uh, going through tough times growing up, it would have been great to have an NFL player come and tell you, you know what, if you stay right, stay on the right path, do your job, things will be okay and things will work out for you, so so please keep up that good work.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for uh, players or even successful people in general to give back just because, like I said, um, you know, I had my mom as a big role model, but I also had a bunch of leaders and, uh, you know, coaches and mentors that have helped me get to where I am, so, you know, we may not think it's that huge when we just say something small to a kid or, like, do a little football camp or, you know, go to a juvenile center and, like, be there for, like, three hours and that's it, but... It's huge to these kids. Like, they remember it. And, uh, you know, it helps them sometimes if they're going through a hard time, they remember, like, oh, this guy was successful, and he went through the same thing I went through, so why can't I? You know what I mean?
1: You did not have to look far for somebody to look up to because you told us before coming on the air tonight, Leo, that your mother couldn't even come to the game in Miami yesterday because she (laughs) was working her job as a nurse. Yeah. That just shows what kind of work ethic she has. Yeah, uh, my whole family's been like that. Uh,
3: even though my dad went to prison, um, he was an engineer uh, growing up, and uh, he was a hardworking guy, was always out of the house before the sun even got up and uh, stuff like that. So, you know, I've definitely seen a lot of hard work from my parents. And, uh, you know, once I started playing football, I got addicted to the grind almost. Like, yeah. it was kind of addicting like working out that like that much you know what i mean it was just like something to get away from uh everything that was going on in the in the house and stuff like that and it was easy for me to focus on something good when there's a lot of bad happening at home you know what i mean
1: uh, no doubt about it yeah. i i think uh people a lot of people <clears throat> youngsters growing up and looking at their situations and saying you know i got troubles they can look up to somebody like you Mm -hmm. who is in his fourth year in the national football league but not just the way you play on the field but the way your approach is with people and your work ethic uh a great story no doubt about that Uh, leo but speaking of great stories we only got about 45 seconds or so (laughs) but how, how do you get to usc we're just talking about it because um you're a florida guy i gotta imagine you were thinking the Gators. I went yep. to graduate school at Florida, but you got away to USC and a famous coach had a hand in that. <laughs>
3: yeah, it was really surprising for me as well. Uh, even one of my best friends who ended up going to USC right after me, um, we were like the, the two big time recruits coming out of my high school at the time. And we were like completely sold on Florida Gators. Like we both had like Florida Gator backflaps like out <laughs> in high school, and like I wore like uh, Gator chucks, uh, Chuck Taylors, and like clothes all, all the time in school. So like when other recruiters would come to school, they'll see me wearing like Florida gear, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this guy's going to Florida for sure," you know. But uh, I ended up going to like a bunch of camps um, my junior year. And I went to USC as one of my camps. It was like a three-day camp. And Coach Ogeron was the D-line coach there. Who is
1: now the coach at LSU, of yeah, course. who's
3: doing great at LSU, actually. And uh, he just struck me, man. I was just like, man, I never met a guy like this in my life. Like, I never had a coach like this in my life. Like, he was just super, like, hard-nosed, like, grind, grind, grind. And uh, he seemed like he'd never tried to, like, BS me. Like, um, you know, sometimes I went to a lot of places, and they all were, like, trying to, like, blow smoke and, like, be like, oh, like, it's beautiful here. Like, you'll love it and stuff like that. And, like, whereas, like, Coach O was like, man, if you come here, you're going to work hard, you're going to play hard, like, stuff like that. You know, he just kept it straight with me. And I could tell he was real and genuine. And, uh, you know, he still is that same type of guy. We still keep in touch. And Coach O'Dron is definitely the guy who got me to come all the way out to USC.
1: Well, real, genuine, <laughs> and a guy who keeps on doing his thing. That is Leonard Williams. Great spot here on Inside the Jets. Eric Coleman and I will be back for our final segment.
0: Shotgun for Darnold, three receivers left, Crowell to his right. Takes the snap, high snap, pulls it down with one hand, looks right, throws right, sideline, intercepted. Under through his intended target, down the left sideline, walking into the end zone. It's a touchdown for Jerome Baker, the rookie linebacker.
1: Welcome back to Inside the Jets. Eric Allen and Eric Coleman here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Remember, Jets fans, you can stream Inside the Jets live through the Jets app presented by m and Bank. Go to the App Store or, or Google Play now and search official New York Jets. Uh, great spot with Leonard Williams. Very Amazing. interesting cat, the big cat. Yeah. He no, no pun intended. Um, very productive player for this team. He plays a tough position. I know everybody's always talking about sacks with Leonard. He brings a lot to the table, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could, you could feel his leadership, you know, and his passion for the game, and, and it's infectious, and it's, in, and it's rubbed off on a lot of players on this team, and they're going to need leaders like Leonard to continue to grow and to continue to have the success. You know, we talked about Jamal Adams going off after the game, not accepting losing. That's the kind of attitude you need in an organization if you want to continue to grow and have success.
1: Yeah, and I think when this team ultimately does turn the corner, he's going to be a big reason why. And Leonard is more than just sacks because I know people are, are always going to look at his sack totals. But just talk about the challenges of being a 3-4 interior lineman and the attention you get there and your responsibilities.
2: Yeah, it's tough. You know, you, you don't get the, the, the notoriety that the 4-3 defensive linemen get. Yeah, because you know, you're not
1: an edge rusher. Yeah, as a You're never coming free.
2: Yeah, as a 3-4 uh, defensive end, you're lined up inside the tackle, inside the tight end most of the time. As soon as the ball snapped, you have four hands on you. You know, you're getting double teamed. You have to hold your gap. It's hard to get penetration. So, you know, for Leonard to, to have success, to get sacks, to make those tackles for loss, he has to be, defeat two guys, two 300-pounders right now. And that's why he's talking about using his long arms uh, to his advantage. He gets, gets his arms on the guys, moves one player, it has the strength to get through, and, you know, it's, it's just awesome to watch.
1: I was encouraged by the Jets' pass rush against the Dolphins. They got to Osweiler four times, and – When there was blood in the water, they got after it because Jawan James, the starting Mm -hmm. right tackle for the Dolphins, won out. And then Jordan Jenkins started eating. Yeah, he did. And
2: that's what you have to do. You have to spot the weakness of the opponent. And I think this defensive line has taken it upon themselves to – to get pressure out of the quarterback, get tackles for loss, play in the opposing team's uh, backfield. And I think they've done a great job all year, and that really sets the tone for your defense and makes life a lot easier for those linebackers.
1: What do you think about this ball game coming up? The Buffalo Bills, 2-7. and seven. They're an offense. People think the Jets are struggling offensively. The Bills are at another level right now. But they play good defensive football and you could be involved in a dogfight here on Sunday. Yeah,
2: playing against Buffalo, you know, no matter what the year is, that team is always physical. They're always strong. They're always sound on defense, play well on special teams, and that, and that does make for a dogfight. You know, the Jets have to be prepared to come in here and, and, and fight at the beginning of the game at least. Then you might make some big plays and start to separate later in the game. But for the first three quarters, it's going to be a fight. You know, and they've done that the whole year. They've, they've been in pretty much every game with, you know, Not last week, but every other game they've pretty much been in.
1: I think the Bears didn't even have 200 yards of total offense against the Bills, but they continually turn the football over. Nathan Peterman has been an interception machine throughout his NFL career. We have no idea who's going to be quarterback Mm -hmm. for the Bills. It could be Peterman, it could be Derek Anderson, or it could be Josh Allen. I anticipate Allen not playing. He's dealing with an arm issue, and the Bills have a bye next week. I don't think you want to rush a rookie quarterback right back in the lineup.
2: No, you definitely don't want to do that. And if you're the Jets defense, you have to smell that blood in the water. But at the at the at the beginning of the game, yep. you just have to start off doing your job. Just play your, just play, do your job. Don't try to force mistakes because quarterbacks. When you start getting after the quarterback, when Leonard starts hitting them. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to start getting nervous in the pocket. That's when you start throwing the balls up and you start taking advantage of those plays and getting those turnovers.
1: Yeah, the Jets' defense has an opportunity to dominate this ball game because the Bills aren't getting any push up front. Their O line is mediocre at best. Their wide receivers, with Calvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, um, and company, they have struggled throughout the 2000. 18 season but like i said the bills pose some problems defensively so we'll have to see what happens e this hour goes by so quickly we want to thank michelle back in the studio justin of course on hand every week here and frank the tank Bree, olivia was in attendance and of course all the service members we'll see you next week